Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. All right, let's just get right into it. I want to start by asking you a little bit about your origin story. Obviously, when you were a young girl thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up, the CMO of a streaming service was probably not on the list, given that streaming services didn't exist. I don't know. Maybe it was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, maybe it was. I'm sorry. I don't mean to date you. Um, So let's just talk about a little bit. You took over this role last year, the uh, the fourth quarter of last year, I, I think September around that time frame, in the middle of a pandemic. But how do you get to be the CMO? of Amazon Studios. It's interesting. How do you get to be the CMO? You're right. Um, My origin story is not a linear one. Um, I actually started out my career in finance. Um, I worked in finance for almost six years. Um, And then I decided that actually I was the daughter of an entrepreneur and a fashion designer. And in me was this, you know, mix of the creative and the analytical. And I was missing the creative. So I went back to business school. Um, I went to Kellogg. Coming out of that, decided to be a brand manager. I went to General Mills. I worked there for a little bit. I worked at, on Jurex, um, at Record Benkiser and French's, the mustard everybody loves. Um, I went to Unilever, so I was in CPG for a while. Um, and then I moved over to beauty. Um, I started my beauty career. I was a senior vice president on CoverGirl. Um, and I got to do a rebrand on that and I loved it. Beauty actually ended up being um, a really great industry for me. Um, and there I got the call to, to come run um, marketing for MAC Cosmetics. Um, and, and I did that for a little bit. And, um, and then I got the call from Amazon um, to, to get the opportunity to be CMO for the streaming service for Prime Video and Amazon Studios. And at first I was like, oh, Oh, that wasn't really in the cards, but actually this is perfect. I feel like everything that I've been working on kind of prepares me for this moment. Um, I'm a huge fan of entertainment. I've always loved it. And in beauty, we work with entertainment very closely. A lot of our spokespeople come from the industry. So you have to stay plugged into pop culture. It's just part of the industry. Um, So there were a lot more, when I stopped to think about it, there were a lot more parallels than I initially considered. And it just has turned out to be a perfect match, actually. I've been in the role now for about six, seven months. Um, and it's like, I've always been here. Like, I'm like, I'm really enjoying it. And, um, and because I've always um, loved it, it's been easy to just kind of get plugged in and meet the team and meet our partners and creators and, and get to work. It's been really fun. So tell us a little bit, what, what is the job? What do you do? <laughs> and I'm not trying to trivialize that or minimize <laughs> No, that. no, no, it's great. Um, so yeah, so I lead all the marketing for our movies, our series, all our shows, our docs. Um, so my team works in close partner- partnerships with the studios. Um, and so whenever we have a movie or a show, we're the ones who develop the plan to introduce those movies and those shows to people all over the world. Um, and make them as successful as the studios or the creators hope that 
it will be. Um, so that's what we do every day. Um, we work very closely with the creators and with the studios, and we spend a lot of time um, listening to our customers. And we believe we're the ones that bring the two together. And um, we introduce the, the two of them and, and create um, great successes um, for the streaming service, for the creators, for the studios. Um, that's basically what we do every day. So let's talk about the challenges now ahead. You joined in the midst of a pandemic, but yes, also did. at the same time, streaming services are having their moment. We're all stuck in lockdown. So the number of people who are subscribing to streaming services and watching things on, on their TVs or computers or mobile devices, what have you, is gotta be inordinately high given that we can't go to movie theaters. So you kind of got this built-in success around streaming services and there are many of them. Amazon uh, Prime being just one of them, Amazon Studios. So you're at a point where you've got the captive audience, honestly, literally the captive audience. And we're hoping now in the coming months or the you know year ahead, at least, we go back to some sort of a hybrid world. Are people going to continue to subscribe to as many streaming services as they have been? Are they going to continue to want to be inside streaming? Yeah. Um, you know what, that's a great, that's a really great question. And it's because of that question that I'm actually really glad that I'm a part of Amazon um, because it's prime video and we're part, and I love to believe that we are part of one of the most invaluable membership services in the world. Um, and so our streaming service is a beautiful service for the prime membership. Um, and so it's a holistic package of everything that we offer that makes the customer's life easier. And we always challenge ourselves to be like, how are we gonna exceed expectations with the next service that we're gonna deliver to the customer? And so for us, it's about delivering incredible entertainment. And we don't believe that's gonna go away because one of the things that the customers learned actually is that it's an incredible value. Um, Cause we've brought some huge blockbuster movies um, to our customers that if they actually did the math, they would be like, okay, so if I went to a theater, I would have paid about $15 per person um, and I would have gotten dressed and done all of this. And actually in the comfort of my home on a Friday night, I can pull the entire family together or my friends together and we can just sit there, eat whatever we want, drink whatever we want, and since the pandemic, wear whatever we want um, and enjoy this at home. And that value just for the entertainment service alone is incredible. And then you bring that within the context of the full prime video, um, the full prime membership. Um, we think that that is truly invaluable um, and that will continue to be the case um, even after the pandemic is over. Well, so then let's that, talk. That about also doesn't. I mean, we have a ton of content coming, um, really amazing content. So we're not resting on our laurels. But I think when you get, you have such a really strong slate, and you put it behind um, such a really, uh, a really strong membership program, it's it's a really great combination. So I mean, to your point, you're right. As a Prime customer, admittedly, I am a Prime customer, and so I do watch a lot of Prime video. But I also have other streaming services that I pick based on the content because if you have a preference for certain shows or you know franchises, obviously you're going to buy into Disney Plus or Netflix or you know Hulu, whatever it is out there. Yeah. And so the question is, how do you how do you become more than just the free service with Prime. Now, you talked about original productions coming to America too, uh, One Night in Miami. I mean, you've done, I just finished watching the second season of Boys. Um, so, so good. So, good. so there is a lot of 
content, but is that a game of one-upmanship? Because of course we have Netflix, which has had an incredible success with all sorts of things over the past year. Um, you know, I'm now into chess because of, of <laughs> Netflix, thank you, and it shows. Disney Plus has come on strong with its, uh, you know, Avengers franchise, WandaVision, what have you. So what does that mean in terms of creating those water cooler kind of content that everybody wants to talk? That's a, that's a, you know, escalating investment. So can you talk a little bit about that? And as the CMO, do you get a say in helping or in giving a hint as to what kinds of programming and original stories and works people should be bringing to Prime? Yeah, one of the things that's, that's great about coming from the world of CPG is an absolute obsession with the customer. Um, and so bringing that obsession to a, to a company like Amazon, um, that a leadership principle is customer obsession, it's been a match made in heaven. Um, and so we look at content creator out, but we also look at content consumer out. Um, and we pay a lot of attention to what our customers are saying, what our customers love, we look at the profiles of people who are Prime members and the kinds of content that they love. Um, and we're able to leverage those insights, which for us are truly proprietary insights because we have such a huge membership um, program. And we can leverage all of those to build a very strong content slate um, pipeline of content slate that's that's um, we believe is second to none um, in the industry, especially for our customers. And we're constantly having conversations with them and listening to them to, to provide that. Um, and like I said, you take all of that great content, um, you market it in very innovative ways. We build um, bespoke marketing campaigns for every single show. Um, the marketing for campaign for Borat was completely different than the marketing campaign for One Night in Miami, which is totally different than it was for Coming to America. And the way that we go to market is actually very differentiated um, in the industry, the way that we tap into communities and really bring them into the fold. And that's what really drives those water cooler moments and the buzzy moments for our customers. Um, and then you put that once again within the context of a membership program that has a lot of other benefits, including entertainment. Um, and that's how we continue to serve all the needs of the customer of which you know entertainment's a really important one um and that's what you know we're focused on but we're very um close to the rest of the prime program and making sure that we're continuing to deliver against that but yeah if i look at our future content slate we have barry jenkins who's an academy award winner we're going to be doing underground railroad with him we have wheel of time without remorse tomorrow war those are huge um, blockbuster movies um, that you would have seen in a theatrical context and now you get to see it in your home um, at an incredible value and we plan to continue to bring um, theatrical level production value um, to our customers at home. Um, we look to the future, we have Lord of the Rings, um, the series coming to the um, coming to Prime Video, which is such an incredible, amazing um, show that we're going to be bringing to our Prime members. So yeah, when we think of the IP that we have and the slate that we have, we, we believe it's second to none in the industry, especially for the customers and the members that we have, because we spend so much time with them and we know them so well. Um, and so when we partner that with the innovative um, marketing approach and the rest of the Prime membership, we think we're truly differentiated in the industry. 
any thoughts about pulling out Prime and doing it as a, you know, a, creating a new tier, a new subscription service that's ad supported for people who might not want to be full Prime customers, given that you have so much amazing content and there is a, you know, a cost we to buy have, We have that today. We have that today. You can subscribe to the video service alone and we have people who do that. Um, but the service is so, is such a great value to get the rest of Prime um, that people want to have the full package. But if you just wanted the video service, we have millions and millions and millions of people all around the world um, who subscribe just for um, the video service because the content is so strong. You just talked about the boys that you watched. I mean, that was such an incredible show. Um, we have, you know, Maisel and Bora. I mean, we have so many shows that that people can't, um, they can't live without and you can subscribe to just that. But when you put that within context of the rest of the prime um, benefits, including music and shipping, um, it's almost, it's a no brainer. Like why not um, step up to get, to get the whole package as well. There's been a little bit of press around Amazon and some of the, the changes in the culture there. And there has been an industry-wide push to get more representation, uh, not just in front of the camera, but behind it. And so can you talk a little bit about the culture of just not just the marketing, because I think that's very important to have that diversity and inclusion, but also the productions that you're seeing. Are those two things coming together? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, that is a priority um, at Amazon um, in general, and then definitely at Prime Video and Amazon Studios. Um, and Jen Salky, who's head of studios, she's my partner um, on the studio side. We work together a lot when we talk about we want a truly um, diverse slate and we want to change the narrative of the stories that are told. And we have it hasn't just been you know lip service for us. We've actually had content that's delivered against that. So if we think about, you know, a lot of the content that we're being recognized for right now, the Golden Globes and the Oscars, um, it's a record number of um, nominations um, and wins for us. And that includes, you know, Sound of Metal um, that has, you know, the first, you know, Muslim lead after you have One Night in Miami, um, that is a female director in Regina King, a black female director in Regina King. Um, you have Coming to America, which is uh, almost a fully diverse cast. And so for us, it's, it's not just about, um, you know, diversity on the team, but it's diversity in the creators that we work with, um, diversity, diversity in how we do marketing um, and how we appeal to our audiences and being authentic. Um, and really speaking to them in the language that they um, they expect us to and that they understand and, and making sure that we understand them better than anybody else and we meet them exactly where they are and surprise them actually with some executions that they wouldn't expect um, from someone that's outside of the community because we know the community so well and I think with coming to America um, they were able to, to see that. Um, if I take the Black communities as an example, um, a lot of the executions um, that we did for Coming to America, the Black community was like, yes, like this is, this is how you do marketing um, to the Black community. And they, they showed out in full force and it was an incredible, incredible success um, for the service. So. We have one minute left. So I just want to ask you the responsibility of streaming companies to, um, you know, we're living in a time you mentioned Black Lives Matter. There's been violence against the Asian American community and around certain events. Uh, Prime does call out 
videos and shows you should watch, whether they're movies or TV shows or documentaries, do you think streaming services, since they're so embedded in the culture today, have that responsibility to, you know, educate or not educate, but, you know, raise awareness about the kind of content and, um, you know, opportunities to see different points of view that people should be looking at? Oh, for sure. I definitely believe that we have that responsibility. We have the responsibility to tell diverse stories and, and particularly important for us because we were, we've always been a storyteller. We sold books first um, and we sold all the books. And so for us, like we really do believe that you, we should tell all the stories and our, um, our slate should represent the communities that we're a part of. And it's not just about storytelling, but it's also a financial one. When we work with creators, we give, you know, you know, uh, deals and jobs to people of all um, backgrounds. And that's really important um, in closing the gap, not just in culture, in storytelling, but the financial gap as well, to make sure that the directors and the lead actors um, are also from diverse backgrounds, because um, there's a financial impact to that as well. Um, and we want to make sure that, yes, it's, it's about the storytelling, but Sometimes you can have people in front of the camera, you can tell those stories, but the folks who are writing it or who are directing it are not necessarily diverse. And we wanna make sure that the entire chain um, is diverse and, and we have policies in place um, to, to continue to push that forward. And we believe that it's, it's our responsibility to continue to do that. Well, I hope we can continue this conversation when you've been on the job for a year and we're <laughs> in some sort of post-pandemic phase. But thank you so much for your time and for your um, insight into a little bit of how Amazon Prime is facing the future. And we'll turn it back to Toronto. Awesome. It was great to meet you, Connie. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.